Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. All right, Romans 8 is where we started out from. I'm giving you a brief review before we get into our next ground here on learning to find out how God sees us. God, how do you see us in Christ, in Christ? Have you received Christ as your Savior? Then the Bible says you are in Christ. The Holy Spirit of God has been deposited in your human spirit. Now, don't go to the back page of your outline just yet because we're not going to get there today. I don't want to scare anybody, but it gets kind of complicated when we start going through all this, but my goodness, we've been believers a long time. We've got to learn how we function, and um, we'll, we'll get there to learn how we function so we can learn what, uh, how the Lord sees us. But go back just Romans chapter 8. We um, have a brief review here. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We talked last time about the difference between conviction and condemnation. The Holy Spirit convicts, the devil condemns. Revelation 12.10 says that the devil is an accuser of the brethren. Have you ever found out that a lot of times when you're trying to have a more intimate place with the Lord, there will come into your mind, there will come back over and over again those mistakes you made years ago. I'm the only one? No. <clears throat> the devil is an accuser of the brethren. He'll constantly condemn and condemnation is full of accusation it's full of it it, it it brings guilt it brings shame it it is not of the lord conviction is when the holy spirit gives us evidence in our inner man that this was displeasing to our father that it fell short of the standard god's perfect standard of holiness and righteousness that's what sin is it's falling short of that and it it, it jesus said that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin because we do not believe. I sin because I don't really believe what God says is true about me. All my sin has a root in a failure to believe something that God has said about me or the situation or whatever it is. Falling short of God's glory means that I have failed to believe God and act in line with what God said is true. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk, that is, live our life, make our choices according to the flesh. We said last time that the flesh are those old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving that we were born physically with, but that are in contrast to our spiritual birth. That is the ministry, the life of Jesus through the Holy Spirit on the inside of the believer. The flesh is that which pulls against. There is, it is the appetites uh, of old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving. And in chapter 7, Paul talks about in verse 21, the law that evil is present with me, the one who wills or wants to do good. And then he talks about how that law of sin is in my members. What does he mean by that? 
by the very parts, the very, the very operational uh, system of my body. You know, your body has a brain. And that brain is a wonderful and massive computer. But that brain also stores up patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving that are not in line with the truth of the Spirit of God. There are appetites in that body that um, in and of, the body is not sin in and of itself, but it contains sin. Do you know the difference? My body is not sin. I'm to offer it as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. My body has been created and designed by God. But on the inside of that body, there are players like brains. And there, there are appetites uh, that are not rooted in the Spirit of God, but in the flesh. They're selfish in nature. They want the satisfaction of things that only minister or only uh, are, are, are the satisfaction of desires of the flesh. But the word is, is wonderful here in verse 2. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Remember last time we talked about the difference between the law of gravity and the law of aerodynamics. The law of gravity is always at work. But the law of aerodynamics, as long as you rest in the power of the thrust of that airship, as long as you're resting in that law, you have victory over the lower law. But as soon as you decide that it is too easy and you want out the emergency door, when you step out of the law of aerodynamics, you become subject to the law of gravity. When we step out of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, we become immediately subject to the law of sin and death. That's the whole discussion here. And the word is saying here <clears throat> that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin and death as long as I'm walking in that law of the spirit of life. Life in Christ Jesus. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What the law couldn't do, it was weak through the flesh. It wanted to do what was right, but because of that old tendency, those old uh, pulls of thinking, speaking, and behaving that we had before we were born again that are still there, but I want you to notice that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus broke the power of the law of sin and death. I don't have to live subject to that anymore. I don't have to live in the flesh. I don't have to obey that flesh because the law of the Spirit, life in Christ Jesus, it has broken the power of sin and death. And so now it's my choice to learn to trust and walk in the law of the Spirit of life or just continue to although I'm born again to be walking according to the law of sin and death. Notice this, that when you were born again, you are not in the flesh, but you can walk according to the flesh. That is, you are now, skip down there to a, a few verses down here, look at verse 
uh, 9. Are you there? You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he's, he, he doesn't belong to him. So we're learning to see ourselves as God sees us. And the way God sees us is you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. It was the Spirit that gave you life. The flesh profits nothing. It's the Spirit who gave you life. I deposited the very life of my Son on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. You are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. But you can walk according to the flesh. That is, under the influence, under the direction of those old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving, even though you are not in the flesh, you can walk according to the flesh. That's not a play on words. It just means that you've got to be involved in this process. This is not some automatic thing that just happens when you get up in the morning. Oh, yeah, I'm walking in the Spirit. No, you are in the Spirit, but you have to choose to walk in the Spirit. Everybody see the difference? You have to choose. You're in the Spirit, but you have to choose to walk in who you are in Christ Jesus. It's a choice, and the Holy Spirit will give you the grace, the favor, and the ability to do that as we depend on Him. Surrender every situation and circumstance to Him. Okay, back to chapter 5, because last week <coughs> we asked ourselves the question, how did I get to that place of no condemnation? How did I get to that place to where God sees me in the Spirit? Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, justified just as if I'd never sinned is the way God sees me. Can I ask you something? Did Christ ever sin? Yes or no? Okay, again, the same illustration as, as last time. This fear is you, and this is Christ. Okay? If Christ never sinned, and you are in Christ, do you see how God could see you as having been justified? That's what happened at the cross. Legally, at the cross, God took all of my sin and all of your sin, past, present, and future, and he legally paid the price for it in Christ Jesus. So when God sees you today, he can't see you without seeing you in Christ Jesus. Now you can operate and act as if you're not in Christ Jesus. You can operate and act as if you're in the flesh. But that's not the way God sees you. Would to God that we would get revelation of how God sees us. You don't learn to walk by the Spirit by learning to see how sinful you are. You learn to walk by the Spirit by, by getting revelation of how God sees you in Christ. Remember the key is all about believing what God said. Having been justified by faith, that is... Faith was the agent. Faith was the agent by which we received justification. Jesus provided it. And therefore, 
Having been justified, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to stay on this long. I'll just repeat what we said last week, and that is this. <laughs> if you are in Christ, you need to understand God's not mad at you. And he didn't change his mind about how he feels about you based on last week's performance. God hadn't changed his mind about how he feels about you based on today's struggle. Hallelujah. You have been justified in Christ Jesus. You can act like, it's, like you've forgotten it and it's not true, but it doesn't mean that it's not. We have peace with God. That means you have a right to come into the very throne room of God and address anything going on. Well, what, about, what, 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 what about my sin, Pastor? What, look, if you've been justified in Christ Jesus, you have a right to enter the very throne room of God where there's peace. And at the same time, address those issues that need correcting. That's what sin is. Remember, 1 John tells us this. If we confess our sin, if we agree with God about our sin, if we say, God, I see it the way you do. This is out of order. It's out of line. It's falling short of you and what you expect of me. And I agree with you that. Give me the grace, Lord, to operate in repentance toward that. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Because you sin doesn't mean that God has kicked you out of the house. You have a right to come right on into the living room because of Jesus Christ. Sit down on that sofa and address these issues you need some help with. Hallelujah. Come on in there and talk to him about the stuff that is causing you to struggle and about the failures that you sense. Talk to him about it, but understand that there's already been made peace there and you can come on into the living room and sit down and talk to him about it. That doesn't mean you're not taking it seriously. It means that you come to a loving father and you recognize that the greatest repellent towards sin is his love for you. It's not the fear that he's going to beat the daylights out of you. The greatest repellent towards sin is recognizing how much he loves you and recognizing it ought to disappoint us when we fall short of that. Okay, I made a serious mistake out on the road one day when I was in high school with a bunch of buddies. And uh, God uh, used a law enforcement officer to help me see things a little more clearly. <laughs> so he gave me a, a legal citation in those days. Joe, you had to go down there to the Jefferson County Court. Boy, was that a fun place to be. Buzz, you've been there. Many times as a lawyer. Um, but when I went home and had to disclose what had happened, the greatest detriment, the greatest, the, the, the greatest pain that I felt 
was the disappointment in my dad's face at the table. Am I the only one or anybody else had to do that? That, I didn't need any kind of corporal punishment. Whew, having to look him in the eye and see his disappointment. That was brutal. But you know what? A few days later, I had to go down there and face the music. They called out my name in the court. I had to plead guilty to what I had done. But there was a man there with me in the courtroom who walked up to the little station outside the court and paid the fine on my behalf. That's how the Lord loves you. It ought to hurt us to hurt the Lord. But we ought to not quit coming to the table. And coming on in for fellowship. And receiving the benefits of that justification. We've been justified by faith. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access into the grace in which we stand. How many of you know you got a standing in grace before the Lord? God's favor and ability. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We closed last time by saying the only reason we're still here is to reflect the glory of God. We talked about how the glory of God is the manifestation of his invisible character. The heavens declare the glory of God. No man has seen God at any time, but you can look up there on a starry night and see the heavens. You can look at mountains and oceans. You can look at all the marvelous works of his hands because they declare his glory. They're tangible evidence of his invisible being. That's what glory is. Stephen Rogers and I were talking after the service yesterday, uh, last Sunday about the tangible ways God expresses his glory, and we both agreed, boy, we would really love to see the stretching out of God's hand to do something that brings him glory. I gave the illustration on Wednesday at our meeting about how God revealed his glory, Jeremiah, in DeMar Hamlin, the uh, Buffalo Bills player who died on the field, and now he's been raised up, people all over this nation praying for God to intervene. Asking for the glory of God to be revealed. That was the glory of God right there. And it was a, it, it, you can't deny it. But you know what? The Bible says God is, God is love. Agape love. Do you know that one of the ways you express the glory of God is through being a walking carrier of the love of God? You're walking in the glory of God if you're walking in love. You're walking in the glory of God if you're walking in patience and kindness and, and all, the, all the fruits of the Spirit. You're walking in the glory of God in self-control. That's the manifestation of the presence of God. He reveals His glory. But then we get to verse 3. And not only that, not only do, 
does our, our position in Christ, our justification, our standing in grace, not only does that give God glory, but verse 3 says, not only that, but we also glory, we shine the presence of God in tribulations. Uh-oh. The original word there in the Greek is slipsis. And it means intense pressure. Uh-oh. It means turmoil. What? See, we not only reflect the glory of God through our justification, our standing in grace, but grace shines during tribulations. Hard times. Uh-oh. Do you know that you're go, the real you's going to shine when you get under pressure. When the crushing of life's circumstances come down on you, that's when you have the greatest opportunity to grow in the glory of God. Uh-oh. This is not my favorite passage, but look at this. Not only that, not only the justification by faith, not only standing in grace, but we also glory. We reveal his presence in times of heartaches, tribulations, difficulties, pressures, knowing, knowing, knowing in, your, in the depths of your being that all these pressures, these heartaches, these trials produce. The word in the Greek there, and I don't like the word produce, the word in the Greek there is kater gazitai, and it means works out. It doesn't mean that it invents. Tribulation doesn't invent perseverance, but it works it out. It manifests it. It causes it to grow and develop, just like when you work out your physical body with weights or whatever it is, resistance, the principle of resistance is what works out your strength. These tribulations are what are used to develop. The, a better word than produce is develop. Develops perseverance. The ability to hold up, to hang in there, just like I was talking about our pastors here, to stay in the fight. To stay in your faith. To not give up or give in and to start acting like somebody that's not justified. But it, remain, it means that those tribulations are going to develop you and give you the capacity to care more of the glory of God on the inside of you. Tribulations are going to give you the opportunity to be developed to carry more of the glory of God. No wonder James 1 says, in everything give thanks, for this is, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You say, well, pastor, does that mean God's trying to beat me up to teach me something? No, but it means that God uses what he doesn't initiate. That's sovereignty right there. devil ain't got a new one on you. 
You don't have to say, oh, the devil's done something that God wasn't prepared for. God can use what he didn't initiate to bring himself glory through you. Well, that's good to hear, Pastor. I didn't bargain for these kids. I didn't bar bargain for this boss, this economy. This. Listen, nothing catches your God by surprise. He knows and loves you, and he is even working through those things that are causing you tribulation, that are causing you pressure. He's working to develop perseverance, the willingness to stay put, to bear up, to carry on, to take the next step. Dean and I have told some of you in here, and you, in your pain, we get it. Sometimes you need to understand that success for you is just that you got up today. That's perseverance to a lot of you, depending on where you are. Amen. Perseverance. I don't know when God's going to give me a breakthrough. What we're really saying is, when is God going to end all this pressure, all the, this, this time of <laughs> trouble? Well, I don't know, but I do know this, that our job is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. and He will exalt us, lift us up and through in his own perfect timing. His own perfect timing. We glory. We have the opportunity to manifest glory in tribulations, knowing that that tribulation develops perseverance. And watch this. And perseverance... The ability to stand firm, to take the next right step, develops character. Do you know character is who you really are? Reputation is what other people think about you. Character is who you really are between you and God. And that perseverance develops character. And character, character the, the Greek word for character is proof. Proof. Do you know that God's working on some proof in you? He's working on some proof in you. Because others are, kind of, uh, others are looking at some of the stuff you're going through and wondering if you're going to quit. Right? People are looking at you. I see Ron Gofund back there. Ron uh, was with us 30-something years ago, Ron, when we started in a, in a house. Remember that? And when Bryant passed, Ron came to me and he said, the day I came back to continue the ministry, Ron may not even remember this, but he said to me, I'm so glad you came back. There was a whole lot of us that were wondering if you were going to continue. What I'm trying to tell you is this, character is the ability, the willingness and the ability 
to be true to who God is in you and what he's called to you. And everybody's looking at your character, especially when you're going through some hard stuff. Are you, what's the real you going to be like? Perseverance, character, and character, oh man, character develops hope. You know what hope is? I don't have this in your outline, but I, I, I would love for you to understand this. Remember, there are three spiritual forces that come from God. Faith, hope, and agape love. We have to have these to succeed, every one of them. Hope is that spiritual force on the inside of you that sees and reaches for a result you don't see yet. Let me say that again. Hope is a spiritual force on the inside of you that on the inside of you sees and reaches for a result you don't see yet. When hope dies, life dies. In all the things of life. Hope is that spiritual force that on the inside sees and reaches for a result you, that you don't see yet on the outside. And see, that hope that's on the inside of you that's reaching for something, when the word of God comes, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Evidence of things you don't see. I don't understand all that. But I do know that the word is true. Regardless of my understanding. And faith is what latches hope. Faith is what speaks to that hope. And gives turns it into assurance. And substance. Hope. Does real Godly hope that is given by God does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. There are things that I don't understand that are disappointing, but one thing I know for sure, the love of God has never left me, will never leave you. The love of God is still in place. The love of God poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit who was given to you. So this status, this, this position in Christ is one of no condemnation. It's one of ability. It's one of justification. It's one of grace. But there is a process that we're going through for that to be developed even in the midst of things that we wish weren't happening, our tribulations. So, Pastor, does tribulation manufacture something good? 
No, God manufactures every good and perfect gift. But he uses even our tribulation as a vehicle through which he strengthens us in the things of God, develops our character, our perseverance, raises up our hope and pours out his love through the Holy Spirit. Well, are we learning anything? We learn anything. Now, what I want you to do between now and next week is I want you to take this outline and I want you to look at, study, think about what's on the back page of that because we're going to talk about how you click, how you function as a believer. And we're going to now begin to learn okay, how do I walk in the Spirit and not be overcome? By the flesh. Amen? Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty and holy word. We pray that you administer that word by your spirit. We thank you that it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. We submit to you, God, we want to learn to walk by the spirit in that identity that you already see is in us. Help us to see it the way you see it. Give us revelation in the precious and holy name of Jesus and all the people said. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.